Okay. Okay. We're live. Mm. Hell yeah. So how long till you're uh, <laughs> till you're cleared for contact sport again? Six weeks to three months. Six weeks to three months. Yeah, I mean technically that's two months. Basically, right? A month and a half, six weeks. Yeah, it's like a month and a half to three months. Right. Why'd you say six weeks? That's how the doctors framed it. Really? Yeah. I wonder when they switch over. Well, six weeks is quicker than saying a month and a half. Month and a half to three months. Six weeks to three months. I don't know. Six weeks to three months makes it seem like a lot. Like a big gap between the two. But month and a half to three months puts it more in perspective. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, guess. Pretty, that's no, pretty normal. I agree with that. Because three months is 12 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like your, your quick math at the end. Your eyes rolled up in the back of your head. <laughs> so do you want to start by talking about... Still gone. What landed you in this predicament? Yeah. So... Um, yeah. so we're, we're cruising on the outsider. We're loving every second that we're watching the show, <laughs> right? Killing it in a podcast, picking up, um, uh, racist reviews, <laughs> reviews from racists. <laughs> I do interview all the, uh, Matt Walsh fanboys. Yeah. So everything's going good according to plan. And no, then, so we've wrapped up the outsider because it's stunk. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm we painting started, a, a different picture. We started Kentucky Route Zero, right? This is on February fourth. Okay, I'm looking at the uh podcast feed. Mm-hmm. That's on February fourth. Which was a Tuesday. On February on February ninth, five days later, a Sunday, <laughs> I fell. I was in a. I was watching a movie. Okay. I think I was watching the Harley Quinn movie. Birds of Prey. Yeah. The movie that got renamed. And within that period of time, I came home and I remember Elise dropped like three bombs on me. Yeah. And one of them was. What you're about to say, which yeah. is. So I was actually, we were actually clearing out the garage because we we're getting ready to move. And Sophia was out front riding on her skateboard. And I was like, let me take a break from this hard work, <laughs> clearing out the garage and ride on my electric skateboard. I don't want to do any work for the next four months. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I slipped my flip flops on. Uh, got on my skateboard, which your daughter still blames those flip flops right. as part of the problem. Well, that's right? and part of that is because she's constantly trying to get just get on her skateboard, like in her socks or in her bare feet. And I'm always saying, 
you have to have sneakers on if you're going to ride your skateboard. So that's why. Uh, get my flip-flops on, jump on my skateboard, and I am promptly flung to the ground. Well, not promptly because you're able to reach, what, 19 miles yeah, per hour? Yeah, 20 miles per hour. <laughs> and so. then promptly <laughs> thrown to the ground in so. which I shatter my humerus. Which is the bone that goes from your shoulder to your elbow. To your elbow. Right above the elbow joint. Right above the elbow. So it is a distal humerus fracture. Completely broken through. Through the skin. Went through the skin. Um, That's a lot. And so I remember getting on the skateboard. And then I I remember laying on the road. And then I remember... Feeling like I was lifting <laughs> my biceps up. Okay. I think, all right, we're back. Okay. Okay, it just stopped, but at least I caught it. I was paying attention. So anyways, lifting my arm up, feeling like I was lifting my arm up, feeling like I could... Scratch your nose. Yeah. Feeling like my arm was in the air and then looking down and just seeing my arm laying flat on the (laughs) the ground. (laughs) Um, Let me take you a few seconds before that. Okay. You get your electric skateboard. Uh The one wheel. Right. You put it out on the road. Mm -hmm. You stand on it. You start going. Mm -hmm. At any point when you hit five miles per hour, 10 miles per hour. Do you start thinking I'm out of control? No. So you hit, you, you accelerate to around 19 miles per hour feeling like I got, I got this. No, 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 no. I want to be right. No. At that point I was like, I'm going way too fast. So at what point did it accelerate? Like I couldn't tell you. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember getting on. And the thing about it is that sometimes it would you would wobble. Like you just get a little wobble and you straighten out. And so I'm imagining I wobbled and because I was going so fast, I did not straighten out and I fell over. Landed on my elbow, according to my daughter, rolled four or five times. <laughs> and then started asking for someone to get an ambulance. <laughs> so i break you immediately call for a surgeon yeah so (laughs) break my arm ambulance comes takes me to the hospital so nothing do you remember ambulance pulling up yeah people i remember getting on the skateboard and i remember they immediately puke and throw up looking at your arm i remember getting on the skateboard I remember trying to lift my arm up and, and, and then and that's all I remember. I remember getting on the skateboard. I remember thinking, wow, I'm going really fast. And then <laughs> nothing until trying to lift my arm up. Uh, ambulance, go to the ER. Was there like small talk in the ambulance? Oh at yeah. All? It was nothing but small talk because they're trying to keep me from passing out. Okay. Because again, I'm in the ambulance and I'm, there's a woman in there with me, and there's a guy, and the, I distinctly remember the woman holding my hand, holding the hand on the arm that was broken. Mm. And I remember, again, it feeling like 
she's like holding my hand like this, like holding it up in the up air, in the air mm-hmm. and then glancing <laughs> over and seeing my arm just laying parallel to my side <laughs> crazy and and knowing like not to look over there because it's going to make make me not feel good and make you pass out <laughs> right. so go to the hospital get my x-rays have the x-ray technician tell me i'm bleeding all over his x-ray table <laughs> <laughs> and me being like well nothing i can do about it buddy going back in and then having every doctor and nurse that comes in and out be like saw your x-rays worst break i've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) the doctor one of the doctors has to come in he has to flush out the gash Mm -hmm. that was created from the bone exiting gets wrapped up um and i'm like I'm I'm trying to be lighthearted the entire time I'm in there. I'm trying to like keep an upbeat mood. You know, I'm not trying to be like a downer or whatever. Just because it's kind of an awkward situation and it's also like And you you ca- like I don't know if this is true. I haven't seen you in enough crisis situations, but I do feel like it could be like just a defense mechanism or whatever. But you can tend to swing to like the overly jovial. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm trying to be over the top. I'm trying right. to keep it very, very light. And so they get my arm cleaned, wrapped up. I've got like a splint on it or whatever. And um, I'm feeling okay, right? Not feeling too bad. And... um. They did gave they did give me some intravenous painkillers throughout yeah. the process, uh, which helped. There were points where I was like, I'm feeling like real like I like give me a painkiller, please, because yeah. I'm feeling really bad. Uh, but by the end of it, I thought I was feeling pretty good, and I'm one of my go to jokes to keep the mood light is to <laughs> pretend like I'm throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> killer great killer bit. joke it's a great bit <laughs> so i'm doing that i'm doing Classic. my pretend to throw up routine and then i stand up for the first time getting ready to leave and then immediately feel like a like a corpse like i feel all the heat drain out of my body i immediately started like flop sweating and i lost all the color in my skin and you don't have a lot to begin right with. to begin with, right? And, and and so I just stood there for like probably a couple minutes, trying my best to just not move in the hopes of like it will come back to me. And then I actually just started throwing up. <laughs> Projectile? Did you no make it to no? A- uh, why? Well, that was the other thing too. I hadn't eaten anything all day long. Oof. This happened at just like, the gravel. Yeah, this happened at like <laughs> four o'clock in the afternoon. For some reason, I hadn't eaten anything. Um. And when I got in the hospital, so all I'd really had was water. So that's all I was throwing up, which was good. But then, so after I threw up, felt fine, felt felt better again. And uh, so we leave and go home. It's like 11.30 midnight at this point. We get home. And so Julia, was she uh, like immediately, I I guess like I want to know, did she... At what point, I guess, did she finally indulge in a little bit of 
what were you thinking? Uh, probably right away. But I mean, Julia was very gracious about it. You know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, it's obviously a very, <laughs> very, very stupid thing to happen. And it was a very stupid thing to do on my part, especially considering we just bought a house. We're going to be doing all this moving, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, terrible timing. <laughs> very, very, very stupid. Um, and that's part of the joking, too, because obviously I feel bad about doing it. I am obviously embarrassed to be a 37-year-old man in the hospital. With the being, worst be, fracture. Right. With a fracture that's going to leave me like probably impaired to some degree for the rest Where's of my life. life right? <laughs> Whenever it rains or snows, yeah. you're going to get like, a little... I'm going to have a permanent bent in my arm, arm to some degree because of this. Um. So yeah, couple couple like uh, a week and a half goes by, have my surgery... Well, how so that was sunday so that was sunday surgery was by like wednesday was right? no tuesday, tuesday the week after oh the week after yeah because they didn't have any time um and that was the thing like that week between breaking my actual arm and the actual surgery was the least painful that that i've uh, of of time that i've had so far yeah like I could feel walking around, I could feel that my arm was in two pieces. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it didn't really hurt too bad. Um, and then I had the surgery, and uh, I guess during the surgery, so during the surgery, they had to open my arm, all the back of my arm up from like here to here, so like a good section of it. They then had to break my elbow joint so they could get everything back in order i guess and then during that process apparently there's a nerve that runs like from your funny bone down to your hand yeah it's the one that you hit and kind of well they have to move it out of the way right but, yeah and then the, so they have to move that out of the way and i guess in doing that it gets like it's well feelings it hurt like or whatever it. Yeah. right it gets <laughs> damaged <laughs> And so now it's been uh, three weeks since the surgery, and my hand, of all things, has been in excruciating pain for three weeks straight. It does not go away, uh -huh. does not ever get better. It just hurts nonstop, and it will occasionally get worse, uh -huh. and I'll just get like sharp pains in my hand where I want to like scream. <laughs> it hurts so bad. So, so that's what I'm dealing with. Now. So right now it's hurting. Right now it's hurting. I've got an ice bag on it because that's kind of the only thing that takes it away. If I have ice on it and it is just entirely numb, that feels it takes some of the sensation away. But as soon as the ice comes off, it's right back to hurting. And and basically they're saying that is the nerve that is normal. Trying to just like yep. get back to normal. Yep, that's normal. There's nothing you can do about it. What a baby. Um, yeah, I remember after your surgery, I think I tried to cheer you up with like, a um, by, by talking about the, uh, this skeleton they found like ancient Egypt. Okay. Where the, um, I should also mention there was probably like a week after the surgery where I was 
on Percocet nonstop. Yeah, so so that, I don't remember a whole lot. So, so that, that, that's what I want to say. Like you, after the surgery and even during the break, you're, you're very chatty. And I, I definitely want to respect your uh, experience and not, and not take advantage. Cause I knew that you're like trying to keep it light and you'd be like, actually that night, Elise asked you for your Hulu login. So we could, um, that oh, was, okay. that was the day of the Oscars. Oh, okay. The night that I broke my arm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so we were, I came home and, um, got, got, uh, tricked into getting sling TV, like a sling TV right. trial. Mm-hmm. Only to find out that the Oscar, like they they don't have NBC, <laughs> and it was like on on legitimate uh, like Vulture, like where to watch and like right. Sling TV, and you realize like th- that's the state of especially like culture media today. That person's probably getting paid by fifteen different right like uh, uh, places that they write for, and they're just like. Here, I don't know. Here's streaming <laughs> services. I'm sure it's on there somewhere. So I remember we and we weren't like crazy about it, but um, but uh, uh, we were like, yeah, what are we gonna do? Uh, let's let's watch the Oscars. And they started and Sling TV. I'm like looking up online and I'm seeing conflicting reports mm-hmm. and. I was like, I don't know. And then Elise was texting you mm-hmm. and uh, she was like, could we uh, um, use Justin's login? He's obviously not using it right now. They're, <laughs> they're in the emergency room. I was like, don't bother him. She's like, he's texting me right now. We've we've been going back and forth, like 15 uh-huh. different like exchanges. And I was like, I don't know. If we, and she was like, I'm just going to ask him. And you were really, you were aware enough and gracious enough to be like, Here's my login. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care. Y'all so we, can have my <laughs> login. It so doesn't we, matter to me. We watched uh, the, the the crappy Oscars. Um, but uh, after the surgery, yeah, I remember, I think I, I, I was one, I was going to ask if you remember this, but I remember talking or sharing about this uh, skeleton they found in, like ancient Egypt. And they determined that he was like, um, I want to say a victim. But but they obviously used a different word. But he was a victim of like early brain surgery. Like mm. you know, you you have these advanced civilizations, and people are always like, yeah, you know, the Roman the Romans created roads and like advanced uh, ancient Egypt with like mm-hmm. the pyramids. Like other cultures did so much. Um, but I always like to think about their you know, how slow human progress has developed in terms of medicine. Right. Like, yeah, we figured out how to make these impressive pyramids, but still it's like, what did that guy have? Right. And then what was their idea? <laughs> the guy whose head like, we just cracked open. Exactly. <laughs> like, was that in the shadow of like a beautiful, amazing pyramid? Right. That just like smashing his head with a rock to yeah. try and like get in there. And then, and then to do what, you know, like you still had, as of what 150 years ago like um exorcisms is a way of dealing yeah, with like exactly. female like right. <laughs> like you menstruation or whatever yeah. like it's so we're so slow on that stuff yeah. but you know other areas and you um yeah you you you're like yeah 
Like, just, just be thankful you're not in ancient Egypt with this bone sticking. Yeah, to your exactly. Arm. But at the same time, it's also like I'm at the hospital. You know, it's 2020. I'm at the hospital. I'm paying out the ass for all this stuff now, and it's all so advanced. And yet, here I am, and they're just like wrapping my arm up. 20 times and i've got this wrap on my arm that's like five inches thick i get home and it's like it's bleeding still through. bleeding through i have to go back they rewrap it so it's even thicker you know what i mean it's yeah. like it doesn't seem like it's that much more advanced and then i was telling you with it like so, so now i've got this custom splint on basically all i did was take this giant piece of plastic and melt it and then they rush it out of the room while it's still melty, pour it on your arm. Wrap it around your arm, right? So I've got like two senior citizens wrapping, <laughs> two senior citizen women wrapping this thing on my arm, and then it gets stuck, and they can't pull it apart, and then they spend ten minutes looking for scissors just so they can cut yeah. it off of me. It's like, it, it's almost like they just took gallons of milk and just like cut out, like the. F- like they cut the gallon of milk in half and then just shut your arm. And crafts project. And it, exactly. Uh, I mean, it, it reminds me too. Like I remember when I was a kid and I broke my wrist and they had to set my wrist. Mm-hmm. That that killed. Yeah. And they wrap in a cast, which I also remember asking for a white cast. Mm-hmm. And the guy gave me a Miami Heat cast. Like it was black, had their logo all uh-huh. over it. But I was a kid and I didn't know like what to say. Right. And then my dad came in and he was like, oh, okay, you got a, you got a Miami Heat cast? I was like, I don't want it. And he was like, you don't want He's like, well, tell him. I was like, I don't want this heat cast. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. And so he like, he's like, what color do you want? And I was like, white? I just want a white cast. <laughs> And he put the white over the Miami right. cast. So you can still like, <laughs> like see through it. It's, you can still see through it, and it's enormous now. It just looks like a big, goofy cast. Uh-huh. I thought I'd be like the kid with a cool, like, broken arm right. cast. and Everyone could draw on it. Right. Instead, it's like a, a cheaply covered over <laughs> Miami Heat cast, and it's double the size. Yeah. But then when it came time to, like, check in, they did an x-ray to see how the progress is going. And he overset my arm. Oh, boy. And so the bone had already started to heal, but it was healing wrong. So I had to cut off the cast, and then he had to re-break it. Yeah. And then reset it. And again, just one of those moments that you're like, are we in ancient Egypt? Like, (laughs) is this really... like? setting a bone you're just doing it by feel like you're like oh yeah that feels about right let me just touch your your wrist does this end with you just throwing me off a cliff (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh we can't help him i don't know uh his wrist is too hard to figure out yeah let's let's do a weird experiment on him (laughs) he's a lost cause yeah so that's where i'm at i'm in a tremendous amount of pain I'm miserable. I hate everything right now. Mm. I can't. We've tried to play games, and I'm still not convinced entirely that this is a one-to-one thing, but both nights, both days following nights where I played PUBG with you guys for a couple hours, 
Horrible pain. Horrible pain for like two days straight. Like horrible, horrible, horrible pain. <laughs> and the last time we played, wasn't re- I got a migraine. Yeah. It like, wasn't really good. <laughs> so Julia's convinced that that is the reason why. I can understand the thinking. And my physical therapist was like, yeah, you shouldn't probably shouldn't do that. But I'm still not entirely convinced. Because I'm not using my, that part of my hand that much. Yeah. Right? I'm really just using my thumb. Right. It's your It's your left. So you're not even. Yeah. My thumb and my index finger. And that's it. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, any time, like, is he like you? Literally, literally need to not use it for six to six weeks to three months. Yeah. Or is he like, we'll we'll keep checking every week. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to physical therapy now, and he was kind of kind of gave me that impression of like, you can. Um, so I'm going to physical therapy twice a week, and then he gave me like exercises to do two to three times for about ten minutes every day. Should you be typing at work? No, probably not. And and he was like, outside of that, you shouldn't be doing anything with your arm of typing. Anything? No, like oh, outside the exercises. The exercises. Yeah, but like when I type, I have. Yeah, I'll, I'll some I'll use uh, don't my, do it now. I'll sometimes do it, but um, again, it's hard because like this, my pinky and my ring finger, my pinky's completely numb, mm. so it's I don't I can't really feel where it's at. My ring finger is like halfway there, so I can kind of feel around with that. Um, but f- so for the most part, if it's like something quick, I can just do it with one hand. Yeah, if it, it seems weird, like, well, I, I guess here's the argument against the PUBG thing. You're you you've been working, yeah, and doing other other things, driving. Yeah, yeah but I'll just drive with my right hand. Yeah, but I mean, still, you know, you do little things. With like, yeah, like PUBG for as much as you sit there and hold a controller and move. Mm-hmm. Seems like a day of typing right. would do more. Well, that was the other thing, too. I was wearing a sling, and it was mainly just to... Some of it is because, like, if I'm if I like at work, I go for walks on my break. And if I'm just carrying around this arm, it gets heavy, and my <laughs> shoulder gets tired. So that's part of what the sling was for. But the sling's also just so I... Because I do find myself just sort of subconsciously grabbing for yeah, things. Yeah. And so it's to keep me from doing that. And I was trying to explain that to the physical therapist. And he just gave me this look where, like, you knew he thought. I, I knew he thought I was an idiot. And it was kind of this look of, like, you don't. Don't. Stop wearing that. Stop wearing that <laughs> sling. So I've given up on that. <laughs> That's... I mean, that reminds me of, like, did you see the video of the uh, lady talking about, like, how not to spread coronavirus? No. And she's like, don't touch your face, don't touch your nose, don't touch your mouth or your ears, or whatever right. that's how it spreads. And she immediately licks her finger to turn her page, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you once you start thinking about not doing something, you're just going to do it yeah. more and more. Yeah. That's not stupid. Like, of course you're going to use right. your, your left hand and arm. Yeah. He, he, you feel like he was saying, like, just don't use your left arm. It's, it's yeah, easy. Well, he kept asking me about it was the thing. He was like, so is that your custom splint? And my first thought was like, you're 
an orthopedic, like whatever, you know what a custom splint. And I was like, no, this is just a sling I bought off Amazon. And he goes, oh, okay. And then like five minutes later, it's like, so uh, did your doctor tell you to wear that? And I was like, no, nah, I just wear it because like it keeps me from using my arm. And then he asks me the exact same question again, like towards the end of the session. So I kind of got the impression of like, oh, he thinks I shouldn't be wearing this. He thinks I'm being dramatic or something. Are you offended? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I won't wear it then if this guy thinks I should. You shamed me out of (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't give in to peer pressure by your physical therapist. I guess. But I mean, I don't really need it. I just need to remember not to use my arm. Yeah. I mean, again, try not to touch your face. Yeah. Um, How have you been sleeping? Not yeah, not good, not good. I get Still. like three to four hours every night since the surgery, and I've only just now stopped, um, waking up completely soaked in sweat. Mm. The past few nights, I'll wake up, I'll be like a little sweaty, but no, no big deal. But I'm still only like, I can sleep for like an hour, and then I'll wake up, and then I'll look at my phone or do whatever for an hour. And go back to sleep for an hour, and yeah. Um. Well, I'm jealous. Sounds like your life <laughs> yeah. is going yeah. really well. Yeah, it's great. And in the next few weeks, we're moving. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of how I feel about like <clears throat> I have some serious back problems. Yeah. And I actually made a buddy at work who has back problems too. And we, every morning we just talk about our backs to each mm-hmm. other. But both of us had the same idea of like just putting off surgery for as long as possible. Because number one, well, number one, the doctor I went to about my back first said, don't do surgery unless you have to. Right. Because... There are some horror stories. Yeah, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. And, you know, you just don't want to mess with it unless you absolutely need to. Yeah. And you look at someone like Steve Kerr, right, who's got basically an unlimited amount of money. And if he can't get good back surgery, how am I going to get good back surgery? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I I just don't want to deal with it. And then also... You know, I, I've I've had surgery before. It, it's interesting because the, like you said, your body can adjust to the trauma of an injury, mm-hmm. like especially after it happens. After you go through the the steps to correct it, things get excruciating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so painful for the bone to start like mending and like it's excruciating yeah um not looking forward to that yeah but uh it's coming yeah so it's like well it sucks man sorry i had to go through that and you didn't need like you know what i mean that's my own fault I don't have anyone to blame except for myself. I mean, it's my midlife crisis moment. Did you? Did you? For some reason, at thirty-seven years old, I decided to start riding an electric skateboard, skateboard. like all the YouTube 
vloggers. So did you have a moment maybe at like five to 10 miles per hour where you had like a transcendent moment on the thing? Well, I was using it to take Ace for walks. Oh. Um, Oh, and you weren't like if him pulling you off or anything? Yeah, like I could keep up with him. I mean, we're obviously both out of shape. And so he's not uh, the biggest fan of running (laughs) at the moment. So I wasn't like we were like... But, but I was getting up to like probably 15 miles an hour on it with him running on a leash and I wasn't having any issues. So it wasn't like, you know, I just jumped on this thing for the first time, but I obviously didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is you had at least a few moments of freedom. Sure. That you experienced yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. A few glorious <laughs> seconds at least right. that, that <laughs> you can kind of remember fondly. Yeah. Um. One other thing that you said that I wanted to bring up to you that I thought was funny. The surgeon, right? Yes. Wanted to buy your one wheel. Yeah. When he was asking me, this was like right before the surgery. He's like, how'd this happen? So I was telling him about it. And I was like, do you know what a one wheel is? And he goes, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's happening. He goes, oh, do you still have it? And I was like, no, I sold it already. He's like, oh, man, I would have <laughs> bought it from you. We could have like bartered or something. I was like, what is the... I mean, I guess I understand, but at the same time, it's like, you should be smarter than that. Like, <laughs> you you do this for a living. Right, you see exactly. people come in. You're be literally like, about to cut my arm open and, like, break my bones. <laughs> it's it's strange, like, it's especially in certain um, professions, I feel like doctors are, are this way. Because uh, I have a friend. Actually, you know what? I think he's your friend, too. Mm-hmm. just haven't really met him. Sure. Max. Right. But he's in med school and, uh, you know, I, I told him about it and he was like, hey, I want to, I'll buy that one wheel. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what it is where it's yeah. just like, is it hubris of being like, listen, if I crack my elbow, I know how to fix it. Yeah. I'll just perform self-surgery and I'll, <laughs> right. get, I'll get it taken care of. Yeah. Or uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that drive is. When you're around something, yeah, all day, it's it's again like uh, you know, physicians or hospital um, employees who like smoke, yeah, where, where it's like right, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just become like desensitized to it. Like he's done so many elbow surgeries that he feels like it's not a big deal. Yeah, he's like dissociating <laughs> in an unhealthy way from like his body. <laughs> It can't hurt that bad. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. It can't be causing people that much pain. Yeah. Well, that's why we've uh, been gone. That's why we've been away. Yeah. We have a legitimate excuse this time. <laughs> Not just pure laziness. Exactly. Um, and so Kentucky Route Zero. Right. Uh, we left off after Act 1 in the first interstitial right and what's interesting is when we talked about doing this game we wanted to string it out yeah because i had heard somebody kind of sped through and they were like yeah i i can see we're sitting with this game for a while Mm -hmm. it took what seven years to complete Mm -hmm. you know the whole game and, and it got released little by little over that period of time um and so, yeah, you've given me a lot of time to sit with uh, Kentucky Route Zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I don't think you played Act Two. I have or not the, touched it. <laughs> and I think at most I I said watch a a run through. Oh yeah, that's it. right. Are you still planning on anything with Kentucky Route Zero? I'll, maybe I'll do that tonight when I can't sleep around three or four o'clock in the morning. Watch a watch <laughs> yeah, a watch run a through. run through. So yeah, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. It it really is working on me. Yeah. It really is hitting me exactly how they intended it. For me, it's terrifying, um, <clears throat> and I think pitched perfectly for what they're trying to do sure i think you'll hate it yeah i mean i i agree from the from the first act i get like the tonal stuff i agree with you on that um and and you know having talked with you about it and then listening to the min max guys have been talking about it especially this last episode and a couple ones before that, they've talked about it. Uh, and they seem to be, like, saying the same things you're saying. For me, it just is not what I want the experience of playing a video game to be. I get it. I want to be doing something. Yeah. If I'm going to just read a story, then just give me a book and let me read a story. But if I'm playing a video game, I want to be jumping around and... <laughs> doing things swinging from a vine yeah, i want to be doing something other than just walking from one side of the screen to the other reading a couple prompts and then walking back to the <laughs> other side of the screen you know what i mean yeah you you would hate the interstitial after the second act which is like i said just a play yeah you're like in this play but you're just watching these people act out act something out yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, yeah, it it does get at something. And I think it is about you know, where you where you go to ask your big questions, mm -hmm. you know? And uh for me, I do think I go to art and stories and in in that way this is making me consider some of the big questions. Mm -hmm. Even though I get that for a lot of people, they're going to be like, get me out of here. Right. Let me fight a huge gorilla. Yeah. You know, or something. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll save maybe some more thoughts to when you've uh, either watched the run through or as much as you probably can watch. Yeah. Um, I sent you also a tweet where somebody after, um, you know, the, obviously politics has been uh, extremely charged in the last few weeks. And somebody on Twitter was like, hey, I need to relax a little bit. Send me your, uh, your YouTube videos that you watch to relax. Oh, right. I sent you that tweet. Uh did you look through any of those suggestions? There are a ton, and there's a few that people keep recommending. I looked through the top, like, five or six. Did anything stand out? No, nothing really stood out, uh, but they I think they were mostly just, like, generic descriptors more so than actual channels. There is one that they commented on that they, they kept seeing. 
where a guy goes around and unclogs flooded streets. Oh, right. Did you watch that one? No, but um, I did have the satisfaction of doing that a handful of times when I was a groundskeeper. Just unclogging a flooded yeah, street? Yeah, because there's... um. There's a bunch of the schools around here have like, what do they call them? They're not ditches. They're not called ditches, but they're basically a ditch. Irrigation canals? Yeah, like in the back where there's like three or four. It's basically like a, a moat that runs the length of the back of the school. And it's like three or four feet deep. And then there's like a sewer um, grate at the back of it that all the water goes to. But inevitably, they always get clogged up with like leaves and stuff. Yeah. So whenever we get the heavy rain, we would go around to the schools, basically drive to the back, pull all the leaves out, and then just wait for all the water to go down. (laughs) It was very satisfying. Would you get like... Would it be one pull of the leaves or would you be digging them out for 15 minutes? No, yeah, you'd have to dig them out and then you'd have to kind of stand there and make sure more didn't like run back down in. Yeah. I wanted to get your your hot take on on some of those videos because I saw one, there's one guy like why I live in North Dakota that Uh people were were like, this is great. This is, I love this one. Yeah. but uh yeah, if you if you're up at three and the Kentucky Route Zero isn't working for you. Yeah. because um, I'm down for like weird YouTube. Well, but- that's to me is what the I've realized that like the all the home improvement stuff for me, those YouTube videos are like the ASMR videos. Yeah. Those are videos I watch kind of just rug to cleaning. kind of relax and zone out. All right, deep <laughs> cleaning, rug rug cleaning, yeah, all that stuff. But I also, and I sent you this, <clears throat> I've fallen hard for the Jeff's Barbershop videos. They're, they're not like super duper funny, but they're funny enough, enough. that I've been watching I've almost watched every single one on his channel already. What is the... So I went and watched a, a few more after the one you said. Right. Me. But I, I haven't gone back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I've heard little, like, bits of his story. But right. there's n- I don't know what to believe. Yeah. I don't know what he's, like, joking, <laughs> presenting, and what he actually, like, went through. Yeah. Do you know where he came from, what his story is, what he... So I I don't know. So that's the thing about it, too, is he's kind of um, so he's a part of like some YouTuber crew kind of that I don't know much about, but he's also kind of on the outside of that. And so a lot of the guests and then a lot of the guests on the show are like social media, like TikTokers and Viners that he's also not a part of and kind of like poking fun at yeah so there's this element of like nobody really understands what's going on <laughs> but but they all well the ones i've seen are all like in on it yeah but but they somehow walk this walk this line of seeming to not be in on it while also being in on it right. and it's like i don't know what is real it seems like some of the stuff they're in on and some of the stuff they're is not. just this guy doing something weird 
Um, but as far as he goes, apparently he's like he's he he was an actual barber or hairstylist. Um, he did actually go to jail for yeah, selling I drugs. Okay. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, he's kind of a part of this like um YouTube click almost like a Jake Paul thing. Mm-hmm. except maybe for cool YouTubers. I don't know because I'm not that involved in that. Um, but he's also kind of on the outside of that. Like he also makes fun of that stuff a lot and like those type of people a lot. Right. While also being friends with them. Right. Like I saw the guy and, and it's funny how many of these people I have no idea who they are. Exactly. And I saw the the last one I watched, He he gave a, guy a haircut who didn't like it yeah <laughs> and uh he's some like influencer guy and they were talking about like jeff talked about doing a podcast uh-huh. with one of their friends right without telling the other guy right. yeah, yeah, yeah and like on air played him a clip <laughs> of what, was that him listening to the podcast and getting pissed off or like I can't remember. Yeah, it was, I, yeah. I I remember what you're talking about though. It it was it's the perfect like encapsulation of I don't know what's going on. Right. I can't not watch this. Right. I don't understand who these people are and what their relationship is to right. each other. And it's funny in a very specific way. Yeah. Um and it's it's also funny in a way that is like you know the type of humor that's unique it can't be replicated yeah so many people have just had like dumb random surprises or characters they try and bring on especially in like youtube it don't really work but in that one he had like an edward scissorhands like jump out and just like urban scissor fingers And the way that they use him, which is like he tries to give him a haircut for a little bit, right. but he's not really like cutting Well, yeah, he's, he sneaks <laughs> up and grabs the thing, the clippers, and then slowly the person's turned around and revealed that this <laughs> urban scissor fingers is cutting their hair. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's like removed from the set or he's like in a closet. And, then, and it's just like it's really funny in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't that you can't explain why it's funny yeah yeah it, it just is uh, and it gets funnier the more you, you watch. watch yeah uh i would highly recommend watching the batman and joker one okay <laughs> they do a halloween special it's really funny i have my own version of that okay that i i do not think i like these videos uh-huh i also find myself watching them periodically. I don't know why they started showing up in my timeline. Mm-hmm. I am not subscribed. It is when I go to the generic YouTube home page that has a lot of stuff related to, to stuff I watch. But Jake and Amir. Okay. From College Humor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh-huh. I, I will watch. I think it's because they're short. 
And some of them, it, I don't know that I've ever laughed out loud, <laughs> but it's the type of reaction we just go like, that's funny. Yeah. And I get to the end. I'm like, that didn't really like make me happy right. or make my life any better. Let me go watch something that I actively want to. Yeah. But you know, I'll be back. Right. You know, by the end of the night, I'll watch two more of these right. and get to the end. Be and like, you know okay. why that is? Because they're short. They're short. Because they're not 45 minute long. Here's how you make Butterfingers. Uh, those are the videos I actively go and watch. <laughs> and then these are the interstitial, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I just can't stop myself uh -huh. you know, from, from partaking in. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some Jeff's Barbershop to watch and yep. Jake and Mir and yep. Kentucky Route Zero to play. And uh, So you're not finished with it yet? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the other thing about the Min-Max discussion that really turned me off is they were like, on this latest episode, the guy was like working under the assumption that they're all like an hour long, which is what I was also working on. Yeah. He's like, they get very long. Yeah. <laughs> they're definitely not all one hour long. Yeah, and and I got that sense, and that's why I feel like, Feel comfortable bailing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if there is like some kind of like abridged summary, maybe watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try and check. I'll find something. I'm sure I'll find something. Yeah. Um. Oh, Chris and I are both playing Frostpunk. Okay. That's Xbox. the Game Pass game. He's he's in now. Is it a multiplayer game? No. Okay. It's just like a simulation, like right. a city simulation. Yeah. But you're in the apocalypse and you're trying to build out this little community of survivors. Mm -hmm. And it's brutally hard. Uh, but we've had fun e explaining, like, both of us have had the urge to, like, make a journal as we play to okay. kind of like try and organize what we're trying to do, like mm -hmm. to write it out. But I told him that like, I'm afraid that I would quickly lose grip on reality and like start writing the journal as if I was the leader <laughs> of that community right. and, and start like ranting about the people who don't trust me and are keep trying to like uh, chase me out of town and give me demands and stuff. And Indy finding them being very, very scared for me. So, uh, Frost I've, punk. I've resisted. It's yeah, all one word. Punk. Yeah. Frostpunk. I'll download that. Is it Frostpunk? I have no idea. Yeah. That's what you've been calling. Yeah. It, that's what I've been calling it. That's why it is. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. <clears throat> Minimal. Like, you can pause time and kind mm. of look around. So, not a lot of quick movements. Uh, you know, you build something and then you get to watch it all fall apart. <laughs> so. All right. All right. Uh, any, any, you want to do any quick political thoughts or oh, do we man. just want to first show back, keep it short, keep it light hearted. Let's, let's get into it a little bit. Okay. 
Um, where where do you want to start? Um, well, I mean, Super Tuesday, I think, was disappointing if you're a Bernie supporter. How? But I don't think, especially now, looking at the delegate totals, I think the the more brutal blow may be coming this Tuesday. This Tuesday, whenever or whenever it is that Michigan primaries, <laughs> that might be the death. The death blow. Um, yeah, I. It's, it's been hard. Um. And. I feel like. I definitely have not given up. Yeah. And and definitely haven't lost hope. I have though f- feel like my mind has gone to the point of like accepting that you can't change anyone's mind. Right. And in terms of nuanced things, new nuanced topics we just don't do well with that. Yeah. As humans, we just mm-hmm. don't do well with um, pushing beyond the broad concepts of things. I was talking to Indy about it and he was, he's been, we, we took him to a Bernie rally and he's been asking me questions about politics and stuff. And, um, oh, he told me the other day that his teacher voted for Biden. <laughs> I was like, why is your teacher telling you that? <laughs> he was like, well, she didn't start the conversation, but you know, somebody asked, I guess, some another kid in his class. He's like, a lot of kids in my class said that their parents voted for Biden or whatever. He's like, what's Biden about? And so I tried to explain and he was like, well, you know, basically he know he's eleven. So I've tried to explain things in in his terms. Mm-hmm. So he knows that um Bernie Sanders is for quicker more dramatic change right and the other candidates are for more moderate slower change mm-hmm. but given the nature of where things are at i feel like the more aggressive path is required right and he was like, well, why, why wouldn't people understand that if you explain health care, if you explain climate change? Mm-hmm. And why would people fight against a more dramatic or drastic addressing of these issues? Which, now that it's a two-person field, it's very simple to say, for any Biden supporter, what policies are you excited about? Right. I don't think they're excited about any policies. Right. They just feel like he is electable. Right. Exactly. It just comes down to he can beat Trump. He can beat Trump. That's all That's it. they care about. So, Which he can't. He can't. He's but, not going to. But, okay, so, but be, before we even get there, right? Because I'm trying to think about it again, like explain it from, to 11-year-old and, right. and trying to like get the big concepts in place. Yeah. I was like, because... We, we had a little game night the other night and I was like, 
it's kind of like we're playing a game. And I was like, how much do you hate when I start to explain the rules? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, I hate, he hates rules. Yeah. He hates being explained the rules of a game. Once he gets the general idea of a game, he's ready to like start playing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think that's a good analogy for a lot of a lot of the way that people approach politics. They have a general sense of the layout of the game. Democrat, Republican, I want this side to win over that side, or I want that side to win over that side. Mm -hmm. That is how they're operating. To then try and say, oh, listen, if you really, really, really want this side to win, actually, let me explain to you this other rule. <laughs> They're going to be like, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm bored. Yeah. I don't have the attention span for this. All I right. just, I get the, I get the basics of the game. Let me play the game. Yeah. And when you, when you try to, kind of approach that deeper aspect that's where i haven't lost hope but if our hope is that people will engage in a deeper more nuanced conversation about accomplishing their goals even their stated goals i think we have a, a really hard uphill battle yeah because i think it's for lack of a better word it's boring it's difficult like there's a million reasons why uh, people will, will tune out. And if you say, well, I feel like Biden's electable, then I say, take policy off the table. Let's not even talk policy. Is he struggling cognitively <laughs> right. in any real way? Yeah. I don't think anybody is is going to claim that he is not struggling with something. And you're telling me that given his performance so far, that he's going to turn a corner in the, in the next eight months and that he is going to get sharper right? as the pressure increases. And as he goes up against people who aren't Bernie Sanders is still saying like, Joe's a friend of mine. We do not agree on issues, but, and Trump is going to mock him to his face. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and the only reason he's been able to skate by up until this point is because there's been eight other people at every single debate. Yeah. His entire oh, thing been has been- in the background. Right. He starts the talk after a minute or a minute and a half, he completely loses the thread and then goes, oh, but, but, but my time is up and I, is I'm going to stop even though everybody else goes over. And it's like, all right, Joe. But, and, and now that it's just him, like that stuff is going to start multiplying big time. I mean, even even in his speeches, right, there's the thing where he's talking about he's running he's for victory. He's running for Senate. He like gets his own name wrong. Well, did, did you hear his Super Tuesday? He said we're going to... Um, we're going to heal cancer and Alzheimer's and, you know, and then this is a guy who turns around and says, yeah, what, what Bernie Sanders wants is pie in the sky. Right. But you just said 
after on Super Tuesday that your administration is going to cure cancer and Alzheimer's? Yeah. And diabetes? Like, it, it doesn't follow. But here's here's another question. Because I was talking to somebody about this. I, I was never under the delusion that Republicans would have a, a wake-up moment in the face of Trump. Right. Once Trump was in office, they were going to fall in line to keep their jobs and justify it personally any way that they needed to to go out there and say Trump is killing it. He's doing a great job. Right. right? With Biden... Do you think the people in his campaign really care about him? Or do you think they only care about their jobs and future positions? Because well, if, yeah. if you cared about somebody and you saw them declining, would you allow them to continue a, yeah. a national campaign? Like, d d does that speak to care and love and concern, or does it speak to exploitation? Yeah, well, and to that point too, I don't, I, I don't even think Joe Biden cares. You know what I mean? I think he wants to be president because he has the opportunity, right? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's not given Joe Biden. the opportunity. Who doesn't want to be president? Well, no. Here's the thing: Joe Biden, like you said, thinks he's running for Senate sometimes right. like like it's not about joe biden what, what i'm talking about are all the people propping up his campaign the people who have to deal with his decline every single day yeah and still push him out there on the stage and still prop him up do do they like do they care about him at all yeah or are, are, are they purely opportunists like how do you do that? I understand Republicans because they're like goons. Right. <laughs> but but for people who want to portray themselves as like an alternative to goons, you really keep exploiting a man who is struggling? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing is 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 they're not they're they are they are the same they're all the same they're, that's that's the i think that's the whole point is they're all the same but i also don't i don't want to give off the impression that like i don't like joe biden's policies right i don't what policies well yeah but i, I don't think that he like obviously he's making he makes a ton of mistakes when he's speaking in public I don't think that he genuinely believes that he's running for Senate. I'm sure he knows he's running for president, right? Sometimes. Regardless, to me, it's a it's a matter of, like you said, it's a difference between drastic change needing to be done right now or gradual change, which I think has been proven over time, is actually just no change. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the kind of, the idea of like, oh, we have to compromise. We have to reach out, cross the aisle. <laughs> all, that, all that means is like, 
especially if you're already going into the conversation, having compromised your position. Now you're going to compromise even further. Like, what are you left with? You're not left with anything. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? If, if what you need is a drastic change, any compromise to that is going to number one, not accomplish the goal that needs to be accomplished, but could actually undercut any positive effort because what you get is this grossly compromised bill that actually doesn't do much of anything, anything, right. You know, and, and yet people feel like we did it and and you didn't do anything. Exactly. And, And, and Obamacare is a good example of that where again, maybe not do nothing, but in terms, there, there are still people rationing insulin. There are still people right. who need to make decisions on life-saving care. Um, there are still people like you who have to pay for their surgeries, right? Um, even being insured. Uh, and and so I don't understand how people are still like putting up with the status quo right and and that's my and, and want it right they they, they like for people well, to be like nothing's really good like joe biden yeah. said nothing's really going to change under right. me for, for the think, billionaires i think they just want to not have to think about it anymore but when it comes to that kind of thing i would like one of the you know big arguments levied against bernie is that oh well these things like even if i did support you uh medicare for all there's no way it's going to pass he he doesn't have the support i'm fine with that i would rather have somebody in there who is pushing for this thing that i believe in even if it doesn't pass rather than someone in there who's saying oh well we'll make this incremental change which is already a compromise and which then becomes even more incremental because you have to compromise even more to reach across the aisle quote unquote which results in basically nothing well like like you said like i my my surgery was on a wednesday on tuesday i'm at work my arm is in two pieces i'm taking a dump (laughs) and i get a phone call from the surgery from surgery center and they're like hey we ran your insurance we see that you still have twenty two hundred dollars left on your deductible how would you like to pay that before your surgery and i was like (laughs) do i have to pay that and she was like yes we don't um we require all payment up front, and if you own your deductible, we require you to pay that before we do the surgery. That's this insane. is the day before the surgery. And so I'm like, well, I don't have $2,200. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, we can probably work out a payment plan where you pay us $1,000 at the time of the surgery, and then you can pay the rest through a payment plan. I was like, okay, I don't have $1,000 either. <laughs> and she's, And so then she says... You can go to carecredit.com and sign up for a uh, a payday loan. Right, exactly. <laughs> With a high interest rate. You can sign up for a health credit card or whatever it is, and when you get approved, you can start using it right away. 
And I'm like, is this really where we're at? Like, I'm being encouraged to sign up for a credit card to pay for this surgery that I'm having the next, the following day. And I mean, that is just like, like, what's the middle ground on that? You know what I mean? Like, to me, that that reminds me of the AB, Amy Klobuchar story that she she kept sharing, where she was like, when I had my baby, uh, it was there's like something wrong with it, but I was forced to leave the hospital after 24 hours, even though my baby was still sick or whatever. So I worked with the Republicans to get that changed, and now mothers can stay up to 48 hours. <laughs> and thinking like, what kind of compromise is that? The, 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 what you should be working for is to not be kicked out of the hospital yeah. when your baby's sick. Yeah, Like, that's terrible. That's not a beautiful story. Right. And yeah, you should have just said like, listen, take out $2,000 worth of marrow from my bones. Right. <laughs> Take, uh, dude, take plasma. One of my organs <laughs> will cover the cost, but I can still survive afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it's such a draconian, dark system that we've grown accustomed to. And the other thing that I keep thinking that I don't understand, I would rather have somebody in the... In, in in the office, making aggressive, like uh, full plans to address these issues and have it not get passed because guess what's going to happen? The culture is going to change. Right. The people are going to see their elected officials standing in opposition to a all-encompassing, sweeping healthcare bill. Right. And they will say, we want that. You know why? Because the polls show that people want it. Exactly. Th this is not a minority of people who want Medicare for all. This is a majority. Right. And when you look at the actual details of it, it makes more sense. It's not something where you're like, listen, this is probably going to bankrupt this country, but it'll do more good. We need to get it underneath. No one's hiding it. They're saying like, look at the proposed plan. There might be some um, so, some difference, but there is a consensus that's not going to destroy our country. Medicare for all is not going to be the thing that will cripple us. So let's give it a shot. And yeah. guess what? We're also being told by everybody else, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, that we as Americans can do anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I think we can do Medicare for all. Right. M minimum. Right. Um, Especially since we're the literally richest country in the world. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I, I just, w one tweet. <laughs> so a few things, right, in, in wrapping up. Number one, somebody kept saying, and I, and I agree with this, they're like, I think 11% of the population is on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So like that's the minority, even though it feels like the majority. Um, so they're like, if you don't want to get off social media, just know like it's a bubble. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of Warren, 
who just officially uh, backed out of the race today. Mm-hmm. And now you have Warren to Bernie hashtag right. Warren to Biden hashtag going at, at each other. Um, somebody tweeted uh, because, you know, one, one of the big things you hear is like, oh, I would love to support Bernie, but his followers are so toxic. Right. And somebody tweeted there like, could we have been nicer? Sure. Could we ever be nice enough? Right. Exactly. No. Right. And that to me has like been ringing through my head from you know that point forward where fundamentally i feel like we need to push as hard as we can to get bernie sanders there Mm -hmm. but the 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 power dynamic is still in favor of boomers who vote Mm -hmm. because this is their sacred duty because they have is been drilled into them for longer that uh, this is like a sacred act or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has not translated to the younger um, population. I think for a few reasons, number one, I was an idiot when I was younger too Mm -hmm. and not, and not aware of the impact of politics. And number two, dis they're disenfranchised right um and many for good reason and that is that's the reality so while boomers are still coming out in force it's not our fault you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's not the fault of the people going out and knocking doors I did some phone banking. Honestly, I I felt like I had to chip in. I don't feel like I did a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really, I got to the end of phone banking and then jumped online and was like, listen, if you're a Warren supporter, this is, this is Monday night, right before Super Tuesday. I was like, if you're a Warren supporter, you know, my DMs and my Facebook is open if you want to talk. Mm-hmm. And I talked to one person who actually voted um, Bernie. Mm-hmm. I felt like I that was more productive than right phone, than, than, than phone banking. Yeah, but but I realized like it's it's not it's not our fault, and just like with the Warren to Biden people who say, "Well, people weren't nice to me," you could never be nice enough for them. Mm-hmm. And for the people who say, "Well, Biden is electable," I'm going to go going to Biden try but i don't think that we can change their minds Mm -hmm. because there's enough footage out there of biden struggling to like tell his wife from his sister or what race he's running in and his policies are terrible Mm -hmm. like going back to the 80s forward going back to the 70s forward with sanders you see consistency from biden you see like anti-LGBTQ rights, you see bank bailout bills, you see support for the Iraq war, you see like cuts to social security, you see death nails for politicians. And yet 
he has the momentum because it's an immovable object of of society of just calcified immovable boomer guilt fear yeah stubbornness that's it so keep fighting keep moving but if burning doesn't win i am not taking that to heart and there is enough there to show like even in South Carolina, he won the African-American under 30 vote. Mm-hmm. So that falls in line, right? Number one, youth turnout is down. Yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. They, they are disenfranchised and they are young. And number two, older people are suspicious mm-hmm. of somebody saying, I want to change things. Natures of the world. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who do you vote? F- do you vote for Joe Biden? If it's so, Biden, Trump. Here's here's the thing. I wholeheartedly believe, with every fiber of my being, Biden doesn't win with all of Bernie's votes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't win. We do not have a plurality in the electoral college to swing and fight against the people who are going to be motivated by Trump looking at Biden and calling him Batty Biden. Mm-hmm. You know? Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, <laughs> Batty Biden, CP Joe. Bye-bye. And they're going to go nuts. He's going to do a circus show. And that will have more momentum than Joe Biden being able to articulate one idea into a microphone right. to l- not just a living person, but to a camera. I, I don't think he can do it and i think it's going to it's going to activate yeah his opponents well yeah and at this point trump's dementia is kind of a a feature not a bug right here's the here's the thing and biden's is just going to be his downfall here's the reality this is this is the reality trump has lived longer with his dementia Mm mm-hmm he has learned to manage it. <laughs> manage it in a way that is truly embarrassing to watch mm-hmm. for anybody who is not in that cult of right. personality. And a majority of people are in that cult of personality because they just want to win. And they see in this batty, doddering, like, fool... Uh, somebody who can project enough confidence to scare political wonks and people who want to stand and believe in like civility and mm-hmm. service and don't want to talk policy themselves, right? 
and and Trump can play that game. Mm-hmm. Trump can be like, oh yeah, with, with, with Biden not really able to articulate policy, it's just going to be a battle of personalities. Trump wins. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and it's going to be horrible to watch. I'm not going to take pleasure in watching Joe get trotted out there, and I'm going to wonder how anybody can can stand by and let him out there. Already, I feel that way. Yeah. Trump's going to destroy him. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good, and I and and I don't I don't understand. Uh, again, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. 